1: The Healing Word program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved.
0: Friend, let me ask you something. What are you thinking about? Do you know it's soon going to be all, all, over, 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 unless you have that new life, that resurrection life, unless you can see with your eye of faith, unless you can feel with your heart, unless you can experience the living presence of Jesus, friend, You're dead, 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 eternally dead. But in Christ, there is new life, resurrection life, wonderful life, and it's yours for the receiving.
1: Welcome once again to The Healing Word, a ministry of the Largo Community Church. Today, we're concluding this week's series of messages focused on the last week of Jesus' life. On the program today, Pastor Jack Morris is going to take us to the empty tomb and how Jesus, even in death and then resurrected life, was there to comfort those who loved him. Let's go to the message for today. He moved the stone.
0: This is the most important truth of all truths. There's nothing that can compare to it. What can you compare this truth to? The most important truth of the Christian faith of all the world's religions listen friend there's many many religions in the world thousands and thousands of all of the hundreds of thousands of religions there is only one that claims its founder returned from the grave Amen. all the other religions have had over 2000 years to come up with a story and they haven't come up with that one yet we're the only ones who claimed that our founder came back from the dead. This truth is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. I've told this story so many, many times through the years, and I'm going to tell it again today, but I feel so unworthy to tell it uh, because I know I can't do justice by it, but I pray the Holy Spirit will quicken my heart and yours to hear and receive. But I feel like that old elevator operator Down in Nashville at at a hospital in Nashville. And this is what he said He said, I'm nobody telling everybody that somebody can save everybody. (laughs) That's my story. Jesus is alive and present to do a great and mighty thing for his people. I want you to look at the screen. We're going to look at the scriptures that Corinne just read just a moment ago. And notice how it begins. It begins this way, talking about the stone of hindrance. It says, when the Sabbath was over, that is Saturday, the Jewish Sabbath. God created the world and the universe and all the starry heavens in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. He rested on Saturday. And the Jews for all of those years Claimed that day to be their day of rest, and indeed it was, and they were obeying God in doing so. But when Jesus came, when Jesus arose from the dead, the Sabbath was over. Speaking of Saturday, Jesus arose on Sunday, the first day of the week, and every time he appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, It was on Sunday, the first day of the week. He arose from the dead. Forty days he appeared before he went back to heaven. Every time he appeared, it was on Sunday. Sunday. It is a new dispensation. The Christians today worship on Sunday. It is Resurrection Day. On Saturday, the old Sabbath, Jesus is still dead. We don't pray to a dead Jesus. We pray to a live Savior who is now alive from the dead. We are first day people. We have entered into a Sabbath rest, a resurrection rest. A redemption rest. Jesus has risen and we are blessed and we give praise to the Lord and we worship on that day of his being alive. Now notice, when the Sabbath was over, the ladies bought bought spices to anoint the body of Jesus. Now according to the old dispensation, the Jews couldn't do anything on the sabbath they had to cook their food ahead of sabbath they couldn't go on a trip there there just wasn't anything that they they could possibly do so when jesus was crucified taken down from the cross put in the tomb these ladies were not embalming the body of jesus jews don't embalm like we understand embalming but they wanted to do something for the Savior. They loved Him so much. Uh, and they knew He was dead when they took Him down from the cross. The, these ladies, these three ladies, were the last at the cross, and they were the first at the tomb. Ladies, if anybody ought to be spiritual, it ought to be you ladies. Yeah. <laughs> the last at the cross, the first at the tomb. And on Saturday, when Saturday... Uh, the Sabbath came to an end. It usually came to an end at sunset or about 6 o'clock in the evening. These ladies went out to the store or wherever they could get these oils and they bought these spices, not because they had to, not because somebody told them to, but in their heart they still clung to the body of Jesus. Well, it was so late Saturday evening that they didn't want to go all the way to the tomb and begin this Uh, Anointing process, we'll loosely call it the embalming process, so they decided they would wait and start early the next morning and get a fresh start, an early start, so that they could work during the day and embalm the body or anoint the body of Jesus. They knew he was dead. They knew that that decay had set in. They knew that there would be the odor of death, and these spices would would counteract that, and so that's why they decided to do what they were going to do. So they were on their way to the tomb and they began to talk to one another. It says it was very early in the morning. They got up, according to John, before daybreak. Jerusalem was still asleep. They quickly passed through the silent streets. When they got to the tomb, the sun had now come up and they could see. But as they were on their way to the tomb, they questioned among themselves who will roll the stone away? How are we going to get in there? to see him, to do this anointing. That tomb was blocked by a great stone. Now, without seeing the resurrection, they couldn't experience the resurrection. That stone would not allow them to get inside to see the grave clothes, to see the place where the Lord lay, to see the napkin that was folded over there by itself. They couldn't get in to do that. There was a great blockage there. And so consequently, they themselves could not experience the resurrection. Now, as I read that, I thought of the, of the blockages that are keeping you and me from experiencing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's a lot of Christians who claim to be Christians, but they don't have new life in them. And that new life in them is the very thing that is going to bring them out of the grave like it brought Jesus out of the grave. Friend, let me ask you something. What are you thinking about? Do you know it's soon going to be all, all, over, over, over? Unless you have that new life, that resurrection life. Unless you can see with your eye of faith. Unless you can feel with your heart. Unless you can experience the living presence of Jesus Friend, you're dead, 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 eternally dead, but in Christ, there is new life, resurrection life, wonderful life, and it's yours for the receiving. And if you just arbitrarily say no to Jesus and ignore him, what do you think he's gonna do with you? What you sow, you're gonna reap. It's gonna bounce right back, and you're going to have eternity To think about it. (laughs) But then. But here are these ladies. On their way to the tomb. Who's going to open that tomb. And let us see. They didn't know what they were going to see. But they knew that. That they had to go. To where Jesus was. And see for themselves. Friend. Whatever it is that's blocking you. Whatever stone that's in your way whatever is precluding you or hindering you from experiencing joy and new life. Friend, this is Easter. This is the day that God can take and roll that, that obstacle away from you and infuse you with happiness and with joy and with new life, abundant life. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Friend, there's, there are those today there's something that's happened in the past, and it's blocking them in the present. There's an old hurt feeling that has carried over, and it's, it's there obstructing the flow of the life of Jesus into you. There's a, maybe an unforgiving spirit. Somebody hurt you, and you still remember. You don't speak to that person anymore, or if you do, it's just a passing What what, what is it that's holding back that new and wonderful life of Jesus? Is it it an attitude, a a disposition, a hurt feeling, a disappointment? What is it that's blocking you and me today? It has been blocking us for a long time. Jesus has, has risen but we're not getting any of the benefits of his being risen from the dead other than, oh, I know he died. I know he rose from the dead. I know, I know. You know, but you haven't experienced it. But you can. Praise the Lord. You can experience new life in Jesus. Now, when those ladies looked in that tomb and that stone was rolled away, the presence of God moved toward them. And it moved into them. It was the beginning It wasn't fully completed, but it was the the, the beginning of the presence, the resurrection of Jesus' presence coming. It was the beginning of power being brought into their life. It was the beginning of experiencing overwhelming love. Friend, let me tell you today, oh, I want to tell you with all my heart, and I wish I could tell you eloquently, you don't have to be sad anymore. You don't have to grieve any longer Jesus is alive, and he can do something, and he will do something so wonderfully. He died and rose again, not for himself. He didn't do it for the Father. He didn't do it for the angels of heaven. He did it for you and for me. But so many of us are not receiving the gift and the benefit of it. There was a young man that uh, was about ready to graduate from high school, His family was pretty wealthy they were well off and every every time a child would graduate from high school it was the tradition of the family to give that child on graduation day a car buy a car for the child this day was coming for this young boy and he and his dad went out and for a a couple of months prior to graduation and they checked the the, the new car lots and they looked everywhere for the perfect car. And when they found the perfect car they were so happy just a few days before graduation. And uh, on graduation day the dad was a Christian and he met his son in the living room. They were on the way to graduation and the dad handed him a brand new Bible gift-wrapped. That boy took that Bible and threw it across the room, stormed out of the house, and never again did he see his dad alive to speak to his dad. He and his dad never spoke. He carried on. That boy carried on. His dad couldn't stop him from screaming and yelling. He he just pitched such a fit, and the dad couldn't explain, and the boy left. The boy wouldn't refuse to talk to the dad. Several years later, the dad passed away. And the boy went home for the first time since graduation day. And he was going through his dad's possessions, and he found that Bible. And when he found the Bible, he dusted it off, and he opened just this part of the Bible. And when he opened it up, there was a cashier's check in the very amount to the very penny the cost of that car. Friend, God has given you a gift, but you haven't opened it yet. And that gift is yours for the receiving. You think you can do a lot better with your life than he can do with your life? Well, look what you've done with it so far. (laughs) And you call yourself reasonable and intelligent. Friend, let me tell you something. It's not going to get any better either. Not as the years go by. It can only get better when you know him who is the resurrection and the life. Jesus Christ, the son of God. Only God, only a visitation from heaven. And heaven is available. God is with us. The angel came down, a violent earthquake the men who were guarding the tomb fell like dead men. It was so awesome. Friend, this salvation isn't just something that we formally become a part of. No, there's a change. There's a power. There's an entrance of that power. And the angel moved that stone and then sat on it. That stone of hindrance and resistance became a resting place. You'll be able to look back and laugh at what you have wasted your years and the greater part of your life on. You'll say, why did I ever do that? How foolish I was. You'll laugh at yourself. But God will have blessed you abundantly with this new life in Jesus. Now, this is what happened. When Jesus died on the cross, here he is. He dies on the cross. Three days later, he raises from the dead. What was going on? Where was Jesus, his spirit, during those three days? We know where his body was. His body was in the tomb. But Jesus, where was he? In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, He that ascended was the same who descended into the lower parts of the earth, He preached to the departed spirits of the dead. We go over it every Sunday when we have Holy Communion. He descended into Hades. You remember reading that? He descended into Hades. There was a region from Abraham all the way to Christ looking forward to the coming of Christ, looking forward to Jesus taking their sins, looking forward to the true Lamb of God that would come. They didn't fully understand, but in their heart, Abraham looked for a city that hath foundation, whose builder and maker was God. They looked forward. Jesus' spirit during those days descended into Hades. One version says hell. The correct translation would be Hades, the place of departed spirits. Jesus went down where Abraham was and all the saints of the past and explained to them the plan of God's salvation. He showed them, I'm sure, his hands and his feet and his side. He convinced him that he was the Lamb of God. And when they were convinced on the third day... Up from the grave he came, and he brought those dead saints along with him, and he transferred paradise into the presence of God, telling that thief on the cross, "Today you'll be with me in paradise, friend. Listen, there's a life after this life. There's something in you that will live forever. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're a, Mo- a-, a- an Islam, there's something." Regardless, an atheist, whatever, there's something there. You know, the atheist, I heard about this atheist. He was moaning and complaining about, you Christians have all the nice holidays. (laughs) You Christians, you have Christmas. You have Easter. You have Thanksgiving. We atheists, we don't have any. I said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tomorrow is your day. April Fool's Day. (laughs) That's your day. It's the fool that says in his heart, there is no God. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. But you live like there's no God. You can pick him up and put him down whenever you want to. You come and go as you want to. No, there is a God. And that God has put an eternal spirit within you. The scripture tells us in Judges uh, chapter 16... That Samson went into the city of Gaza. The Philistines were there to capture him. They wanted to bring him down. Samson judged Israel for 20 years. And the, the, the Philistines said, he'll be here all night. But in the morning, we'll catch him at the gate, the gate of the city. Now, those gates were iron gates. This Samson's day was the beginning of the iron age. Those gates were made out of solid iron. They were two stories high. Now, can you imagine the weight? So they had to dig post holes and put posts way down into the earth to support those gates. They said, we've got him. He'll never get out. We've got him. We've got Samson. He'll never get out. But Samson, instead of waiting until morning, he waited until midnight. He got up. And those Philistines were hiding there around that gate. So Samson couldn't see them. And when he got to the gate and he couldn't get out, they were going to pounce on him. But Samson got to the gate. He reached over and got a hold of one of them, two stories high, solid iron, post hole, many, many feet into the ground. Got a hold of the other, pulled those things up, put them on his shoulder, and walked up the hill with them. Now that's exactly or an illustration of what Jesus did. He descended into Hades. The scripture scripture says, well, the, the song says, Death cannot hold his prey, Jesus my Savior. He tore the bars away, up from the grave he arose. Hell thought it had Jesus, and every demon of hell, like those hidden Philistines, the day Jesus arose is the day that death itself died. Death is dead. For the person who is alive in Jesus. Did you hear me? Death is dead. Death no longer lives for you who know Jesus and have your name in the book of life. And after three days, the imps of hell thought they had him. And they thought they had Abraham, our father. And they thought they had all the saints of the past. They thought they had everybody that was going to die in the future. And Jesus said it's resurrection day. It's the third day. And Jesus took those gates. He burst them aside. The gates of hell. And he came out. Friend, you don't have to be bound and imprisoned any longer. I don't know what it is that's holding some Christians, even Christians back from enjoying this abundant life in Christ. They're locked in. There's a prison. Oh, I think when you die, you'll maybe go to heaven. But this pure, wonderful resurrection life isn't flowing toward you like Jesus wants it too, but he's here to bless you and to minister to you if you'll seek him. He can move the stone. You cannot move it. He can burst the gates asunder. You can't do it. You're locked in forever until you turn to Jesus Christ. There's no other name under heaven given among men. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. You're saying, Pastor, are you saying Jesus is the only way? You got it. That's exactly what I'm saying. And why am i saying that because he said that he said nobody cometh unto the father but by me you said pastor there's a lot of good people in this world yes there are yeah there are i was a pretty good sinner before i accepted jesus (laughs) i treated my neighbor right (laughs) most of the time (laughs) but jesus is alive the scripture says In 1 Corinthians 3, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the foundation to this new life. He's yours today. Do you know him as your personal Lord and Savior? Choir members, are you sure? you sure? Ministers, Pastor Morris, all of us. We can be very sure today Coming to the Lord If you're not sure This is the day the Lord has made For you to come and receive Him As your Lord and Savior
1: We hope that the message you just heard He moved the stone Has blessed and encouraged your faith in God If it has We invite you to email Pastor Morris And contact us at thehealingwordministries.org And share your blessing That's contact us at thehealingwordministries.org The Healing Word is a ministry of the Largo Community Church and exists to grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. But we can't do it alone. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on The Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. You can also mail a check made out to The Healing Word to 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20721. Be sure to tune in Monday at the same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until then, blessings on you.